Well, good news. Metro Detroit can rest easy. Lester the Steer has been captured, and he's safe and sound. Um, Lester, uh, who is a uh, large roaming bovine, has uh, been roaming the woods uh, around I-75 in Holly for about six weeks, and uh, the attention really got turned up over the weekend when there was multiple sightings of Lester um, by the freeway, and, and, and people were concerned. They were concerned for Lester, and they were also concerned um, for uh, their own vehicles and their own safety if Lester decided to run out onto I-75 and uh, cause an accident because um, we all know what happens if you hit a deer with your car. Now imagine uh, a, a full-grown cow and uh, what happens if you would hit that with your car. But uh, uh, none the matter because uh, Lester um, has been uh, captured and he has been relocated. So uh, let's go back to the beginning. About about six weeks, six weeks ago, Lester was living um, on an animal sanctuary called the Devoted Barn. Uh, my wife actually follows them on, on Facebook, so uh, I've been an insider on this story for a very long time. And uh, unfortunately, their property went through foreclosure, and they had to relocate all their animals. And so as they were relocating Lester from his old home in the Devoted Barn to uh, his new animal sanctuary, um, somehow he got loose on I-75. And the story didn't come to light for a couple of weeks because it wasn't made public. I don't know if uh, um, the the animal transporter wanted to keep, wanted to keep it quiet. I don't know if uh, the 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 sanctuaries involved wanted to keep it quiet. Maybe they were trying to uh, um, resolve the situation on their own. No harm, no foul, but uh, to no avail because it became a pretty big news story uh, around here. And over the weekend, um, you may have seen this police dash cam video. It's, uh, it, it, it starts off with uh, the, the police officer is pulled off on the, the side of the road. And over um, to the right, shot right, camera right, you see uh, another uh, police vehicle parked. You see an ATV, and you see a, a modern-day cowboy riding his horse and he's kind of riding his horse parallel to the woods and then all of a sudden in the shot comes Lester and so uh, this is a real cowboy and uh, my, my first question was did we have to import these cowboys from Wyoming or Texas turns out we didn't turn out turns out that uh, in Jackson County there is a company of, of of employed cowboys that do stuff like this all over the place it's not normally on I-75 it's normally on a rural road but uh, Rhonda Walker talked to one of them, and uh, they do a few hundred of these a year. So Lester comes into a shot, uh, into the shot, and uh, then he runs out onto I-75. It looks northbound, about uh, 75 and Saginaw Road, I think the exit was. And, uh, you know, you're, it's, it's, it's absolutely gripping because you got this giant cow running down the center lane of I-75, um, it looks like they closed it down pretty quickly because in the beginning of the video, uh, there's traffic getting around. And uh, when, when Lester starts running down the right lane, you see a guy swerve into the le a left lane to avoid him. And you don't see any cars. And uh, this, this, this Jackson County cowboy is, is, is following him with his lasso. And then Lester 
jumps the guardrail to the other side to southbound, which I don't think they had closed down at the time. And then uh, the, 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 the camera shot cuts off. And you'd be in suspense if you didn't hear before that Lester is okay. I don't know uh, how long it took them. Um, I don't know if uh, Lester got to the other side of 75 or the guardrail slowed him down. But uh, the too long didn't read version is that uh, they're able to wrangle him and now he's going to live on the farm. And I'm not using that as a pejorative that he's been put down. He, he literally has gone. Um, he's been transported to the uh, farm he was originally supposed to be transported to. And uh, so both Lester and Metro Detroit motorists um, are safe. So um, I haven't been this worried about an animal since that dog that was uh, stuck out on the ice um, uh, across the Detroit River from Ecorse. And there was uh, literally a man in a hovercraft had to go out onto the ice and, and save the dog uh, because his only other um, option was to go back to Fighting Island owned by, um, what is it? Is it? It's not Bose Chemical. Hold on. I got I to gotta Google this. Downriver Chemical Company. BASF. It is Fighting Island owned by BASF. And uh, his only options were to either stay Shanghai there on a melting uh, 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 piece of ice in the Detroit River or go, or go back to this uh, wolf-infested island. And, and uh, someone went out and saved him. So I'm a sucker for uh, human beings who put their, their lives and well-being at risk to help animals because uh, animals are both dumb and innocent. And... Uh, I, I don't think I'm unique in this. Um, I can watch a movie where hundreds and hundreds of people get killed, and uh, if the dog dies, that's enough. I remember I went to see Independence Day in the theaters with my dad and a, and a friend from my elementary school, and we're just sitting there. We're eating our popcorn. We're watching aliens blow up the White House. We're watching aliens uh, kill millions and millions of people, and then there's one scene where uh, one of the families is running away from an, uh, an, an alien attack, and at the last second, their dog jumps into their little cubby hole, and, and the, whole, uh, the, the whole theater starts clapping. So there's something about human nature um, that uh, makes us more upset if a dog dies in a movie than human beings, and, and that kind of carries over into news stories like this. Really fun, feel-good news story. I can tell you who's not feeling good today, and that's uh, LeBron James. After being swept by the uh, Denver Nuggets, I, I think it was the Western Conference Finals, so I think uh, Nikola Jokic and the um, um, Denver Nuggets are going to the Finals. And whoever drafted Nikola Jokic, I, I put that guy in the Hall of Fame. I saw a graphic today put out by, by ESPN that uh, said that uh, Nikola Jokic was drafted like 41st overall, and uh, ESPN was in a commercial break about Taco Bell when he got drafted because I guess he wasn't on anyone's uh, radar at the time. But uh, the other day I was trying to console Pistons fans by saying, hey, okay, you don't have the number one pick. But uh, Steph Curry was drafted number seven overall, so there's hope. Well, Nikola Jokic, I think, was uh, drafted 41st overall, and, uh, and, and ESPN didn't even care at the time. So 
uh, there's always hope, and and he is uh, he's he's playing with the chip on his shoulder, and they're going to the uh, NBA Finals. But back to LeBron um, in the press conference the other day, after, last night after uh, being swept by the Nuggets, he was asked about retirement, and uh, he was vague about it. And so, of course, today, all the speculation, will LeBron retire? Will he not retire? And I don't know. I mean, obviously, um, the narrative has been that LeBron wants to hang on uh, to play one season with his son, Bronny, who just uh, accepted uh, an offer to play and enrolled at USC. Um, But I don't know if uh, he's going to be a one and done. I don't know if he's going to play all four years. That's very uncommon. But... um, you know, LeBron James is very proud of Bronny for being the first person in the family to go to college. So maybe um, if it's becoming apparent that Bronny might not be a hot NBA prospect, maybe they're shifting their focus uh, to him graduating college, which would uh, greatly extend that timetable. But um, that's that's the reason it partially came as a surprise to me. Um, LeBron is as um, productive as he's been. Uh, he's been injured this season, so the question is, uh, yeah, he can still compete at a very, very high level, but at 38, which is relatively young um, in the lifespan of things, is ancient for an athlete, and uh, I myself am 38, and I still feel okay, but there are definitely things uh, that hurt a lot more in the morning than they used to back when I was 20. And so I guess the question is with LeBron James, you know, LeBron, you know, he's he's one of the best basketball players to ever play. So, I mean, he could still be dominant even if he doesn't have the the, the desire that he must might might have had. Um, not saying that's the case. In fact, his first his first half yesterday uh, proved that he still di- he still did have that desire. And then his third quarter. Um, kind of made you question again. But but anyway, um, I think the question with LeBron James isn't so much, you know, will he hold out one to four years to play with Bronny? I think it's a matter of, you know, what kind of effort does he have to do every day to get himself ready to play at a high level at 38 as opposed to when he was uh, drafted into the league at, at 18 or 19? Um We've all heard the stories that LeBron James invests a million dollars a year into his body between treatments and conditioning and all of that. But father time is undefeated. Um, You know, by my eyes, I still feel like he'd play a couple years. But, uh, I I mean, at this point, other than playing with Bronny, and if uh, they want Bronny to focus on getting a college education more so than playing in the NBA— um, then other than that, what, what else does he have to accomplish? You know, LeBron is the victim of, I guess I'll call it the Michael Jordan complex, right? He's one of the best, uh, two to three players to ever play the game. And he's always going to be compared to Michael Jordan. And he's going to be compared to Michael Jordan because he's so great at what he does. But then what happens is people devalue his greatness. People devalue his accomplishments because he's the next closest player to Michael Jordan's greatness, but he's not quite there. So instead of people saying he's one of the two greatest players to play basketball of all time, oh, he's trash. He's trash compared to Michael Jordan. Um, so, And I don't think 
I don't think LeBron James plays for accolades and people's perceptions. Um, he's won, let's see, he won, was it two, two ships in uh, Miami, one in Cleveland, and then he won the bubble championship. So, so that's four, which I, I think if, if, if there's any part of his career that might not have lived up to the hype, it's that he only won four NBA titles, which, which is insane. You look at anyone else's career, and if uh, you know they had the the amount of MVPs, they had the stat lines, they had four NBA championships. That's a pretty damn good career. But uh, you know he came in with such high expectations, and he brought some on to himself when uh, the Heatles were um, introduced. He says, "We're not going to win two, not three, not." So he did put a little bit of that onto himself. But uh, it could also just be that. Look, he was pissed. He was in a bad mood because his team just got swept. He's a competitor, and maybe that's the way he was feeling at that time. And maybe he'll go back. Uh, he'll he'll go to uh, Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat and realize that he still wants to play. But uh, I, I think I know the story that's going to be run on Sports Talk Radio all summer and on Get Up until the NFL season starts. Will he or will he not? Um, I mean, we've seen the speculation with Tom Brady twice. I think it's going to be double that with uh, LeBron James. Uh, TikTok is predictively suing the state of Montana. If you remember, Montana uh, is the first state in the United States to ban TikTok outright. And uh, I don't know if TikTok is blocked, like Geofence blocked in Montana, uh, but the app stores are not allowed um, to let anybody download TikTok in Montana. And if so, um, the, whatever app store or whatever you know provider um, brokers the download of TikTok is going to face um, $10,000 fines per day as lo- for as long as they're operating. So um, TikTok obviously does not want to take this lying down. I mean, Montana, uh, it's a sparsely populated state, but it could be, a, it, it, it could be a, a slippery slope and a domino effect and, and say, you know, Texas or, or Florida um, ban it. And, and that's a huge bite out of their market share if that is to happen. So uh, TikTok filed a suit against Montana um, on Monday saying that uh, the ban violates their First Amendment right, and so we'll see what happens. Um, I think that banning TikTok based on a hunch that it might uh, be harvesting data for the Chinese Communist Party seems a bit alarmist. It seems a bit uh, um, um, Asianist, if that's a word. Um, It it, it seems a bit, uh, what's the word? Not prejudice. Um, Xenophobic uh, towards Asia. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, it seems, it seems a bit heavy handed and it seems a bit premature, but, um, you know, we got people who I, I respect their opinions on, like, like former, uh, um, Congressman Mike Rogers, who was an FBI agent saying that, uh, you know, TikTok having access to all of this, uh, all of this data about people, uh, could be very bad news. So, We'll see what happens. Uh, in the meantime, the Surgeon General has actually put out recommendations 
for young people on social media. Um, this is from Axios. The American uh, Psychological Association um, found that an estimated 95% of teens ages 13 to 17 and 40% of them 8 to 12 are on social media and those who spend more than three hours a day on social media face twice the risk of experiencing depression or anxiety um, and it shows that teens are obviously on social media platforms for more than 3.5 hours. Now, what are the recommendations? These, th- these are recommendations. They're not rules. Uh, but uh, in the Surgeon General report, it, it um, suggests that uh, parents monitor the use for younger kids, um, avoid letting it impact their sleep or physical activity. So that probably means no TikTok in bed. Uh, no social media in bed because the blue light from the cell phone um, does something to your brain, makes it think it's daytime, you can't fall asleep. Uh, it's suggesting that uh, parents uh, and children limit beauty and appearance-related content. That's the uh, impossible beauty standards. And minimize self-harm content, including restrictive eating, purging, and excessive exercise. And obviously... How in the world are our parents going to be able to keep up with these guidelines? I mean, you can't you can't monitor everything that your kid's doing on their phone. Um, I don't know if you ask periodically for their cell phone and you go through who they're following and say, "Oh, well, this looks like it's a it's a, it's a harmful um, account. This looks like it's a harmful account." Most experts say that. Uh, uh, 14 is probably the youngest kids should be on social media. And uh, a lot of social media uh, uh, platforms won't even let you on unless you're 13. And, uh, I, I mean, the way kids use social media is so different than the way I use it. Um, you know, I was in my 20s. I think I was 21 by the time I actually got a Facebook account. And I was one of the early adopters. I had Facebook went back when you needed to have a, a college email. So, you know, the way I use it and the way kids use it is way different. You know, I, I, like, I like Facebook. Uh, Facebook's kind of the grandpa of the social media pages. And, uh, and, and kids don't think it's cool. What I like about Facebook is that it's kind of a record of your life. So I, I really like, um, you know, posting uh, uh, funny pictures or, or, or posting important events, and then it shows up in my uh, my my memories, and it's fun to look back on, which I think is evidence that uh, I've lived a good life because, um, you know, for a lot of people, those, those Facebook flashbacks are very painful, but for me... Um, for me, you know, I, I just smile and kind of move on. Um, I don't know if Snapchat's still cool. I know TikTok is still cool. I, I like TikTok. Um, the thing about TikTok, though, is um, their algorithms are so good, and, and there's been scientific studies that show the reason people get hooked on TikTok is because um, they scroll, they see a video they like, they get a little burst of serotonin to their brain. So it's, it's almost like a drug. And so you're, you're, you continue to scroll through trying to subconsciously get that boost of, of serotonin. And uh, I don't know how that works. I don't know if it generates new serotonin every time, if that's the case. If it, if it uh, creates more serotonin, more happiness chemical, I think that's a good thing. 
But uh, if our brain only has so much serotonin that it produces at a time and it's being used up, used up, used up, um, then that's a bad thing because um, it can lead to a serotonin crash. So um, I guess I'm going to have to ask a brain doctor if the serotonin boost is, is good or not. Uh, talked about yesterday Tim Scott, uh, the uh, South Carolina senator who has entered into the presidential race um, and how him and uh, Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, um, might be good vice presidential uh, candidates. And actually, uh, fun fact, Tim Scott was appointed to the U.S. Senate by uh, Nikki Haley back in 2013. So um, a little... uh, uh, a, a little uh, alliance that might become a feud. Uh, but, I, you know, I said at the time I, I didn't know much about Tim Scott. I know that he was the only black Republican in the Senate, and I know that because it's been the headline. And, uh, you know, whether you want to talk about a headline reducing him to being the first black Republican or the only black Republican in Senate, you know, that that's that that's up to your interpretation. But nonetheless, it's it's pretty much all I knew about him. And so, you know, obviously after he announced that uh, he was running, he's kind of done the 24-hour media tour. Um, he did a speech that uh, I thought was, was a little bit awkward, but it wasn't terrible. And uh, he's been doing the, uh, the interviews. And so far, my first impressions of Tim Scott is that he's trying to strike a moderate tone like, like, uh, like Nikki Haley. Um, he's trying to strike a optimistic tone and he said that, you know, a lot of Republicans are, are, are creating the sort of doom and gloom, uh, future scenario and that he'd kind of like to go the other way and believe that America's best days are, are ahead of us. And I, I found that somewhat refreshing. Uh, the other thing I found interesting is that, uh, Donald Trump, I'm guessing this was on truth social, uh, welcomed Tim Scott to the race sincerely and said that uh, he's a much better choice than Ron DeSanctimonious. And uh, I found this interesting for a number of reasons. It's not that much surprising that Donald Trump um, is, 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 is happy that there are more uh, candidates for the Republican primary entering the race um, because, you know, the, the, the popular operating theory is that Donald Trump's voters are going to are, are going to stay. He doesn't have a whole lot of votes to gain and he's not going to lose a whole lot of votes. People who are still riding with him after his first term, hopefully his only term, and um and January 6th, they're not going anywhere. So the rest of the pie that's up for grabs, the more people in the race, the more that pie gets split and and it's an easier path for Donald Trump to the Republican uh, nomination. Um, And, uh, you know, in one interview, um, Tim Scott would not criticize President Trump. He wouldn't criticize Ron DeSantis directly, um, but, you know, he kind of implied, uh, he was kind of the impetus of the the doom and gloom scenario. And uh, so I think, A, that's uh, more evidence to my theory that Tim Scott, if he uh, sees that he's not going to win the nomination, might be a good choice um, for B- VP for Donald Trump. 
And I think what it shows is that, you know, Donald Trump's running away, at least in the polling right now. And, you know, back after January 6th and back when uh, back after uh, the 2022 election night where uh, Republicans and Trump back candidates lost their ass, um, a lot of people were still kind of cautious uh, with, with with how they would um, uh, criticize Donald Trump because it was a long way to the 2024 election. Donald Trump uh, may regain his power as a kingmaker in the Republican Party. And uh, folks uh, didn't know whether to disavow Trump because the voters were turning away from him or they didn't know whether to stick with Donald Trump because he was going to go back to being one of the most powerful people in the Republican Party. And, and, and probably in his short time as a Republican, he might be uh, one of the most powerful figures of all time. Um, but it seems like this race, I feel like the candidates are going to be very, very careful about criticizing Donald Trump. And they're going to go all in on uh, going after Ron DeSantis. And uh, it, it couldn't it couldn't happen to a to a nicer governor or a more virtue signaling bureaucratic thug like Ron DeSantis.